The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. CSPN and the WrestleCast present to you Cast of Strong Style with your hosts JPK Moto and Don DeLorente. Hello. And welcome to Cast a Strong Style. I'm your host, Don DeLorente, and I'm joined by my special guest host once again, Mr. Anwar Starwin. What's going on, Anwar? I'm doing fine. How are you? I'm great, man. I'm great. Glad that you could join me this evening. No problem. All right. Cast a Strong Style is being brought to you by the CSPN. CSPN can be found on the net at CSPN.us. You can also find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and Stitcher Radio. You can also download us and subscribe to Cast a Strong Style on any app that plays podcasts for iPhone and Android devices. So, Anwar, you got a lot to talk about, man, since the last time that we talked to you. Big shout out, first and foremost, to the genius of Cast a Strong Style, none other than Miss Moto. She couldn't join us again this week, but she will be returning soon, making her reintroduction into the territory she's uh you know gone on her excursion she learned a few more holes so <laughs> looking forward to her coming back so we have the new japan cup take place since the last time that we talked and uh, we're just going to kind of round table it we're not going to get too deep in the woods when it comes to matches since that was quite a while ago but this was the unofficial Zack Sabre Jr. showcase and I was here for it because as I've stated here quite frankly I like watching Zack Sabre Jr. twist people up into all kinds of precarious positions and in this New Japan Cup he did that to some of the best wrestlers in the world. Yeah he just went through a murderous road one of the best tournament runs I've seen from any tournament I've ever seen actually. He, he knocked off so many big time wrestlers it's crazy. Yes. He just put that rocket trap on him. Yeah, they definitely did. Okay, here's the list. In the first round, he defeated Naito. Then in his second round match, he went up against Kota Ibushi and defeated him. In the semifinals, he defeated Zack Sabre Jr. This is Sonata. And in the finals of the New Japan Cup, Zack Sabre Jr. defeated the ace, Tanahashi. Uh, Submission holes on everybody. Everybody's tapping out, succumbing to his various uh, devices of doom that he can put you in. And like he was catching people and just doing like the simplest of things, like throwing a clothesline and he could like put you in like some type of death grip finishing maneuver. It was great. You take people's like finishing moves and then like turn it into (laughs) very painful submissions. Yes. So um, he had Taka Michinoku out here being his spokesman, as we talked about in the last episode, uh, you know, speaking in various languages to get over that Zack Sabre Jr., you know, is the man to fear. And, you know, he will make you tap out Um, after he wrestled Sonata to go to the finals. He cut the backstage interview and he goes, um. He goes, he goes, can you believe it? He tried to use the paradise lock on me. He was like, I can't believe it. He was like, I only used uh, probably about mm, eight, nine, 12 holes. He was like, but I know 3,768. That's <laughs> <laughs> great, man. That's great. So congratulations to Zach Sabre Jr. And of course, when you win the New Japan Cup, you get a heavyweight title shot at one of the three major champions. And of course, he chose his title match to be with. 
Okada. So we move into Strong Style Evolve, the Long Beach show that came back to the United States. Another successful venture into the United States. Um, just your overall thoughts about this show, Anwar, before we kind of dig deep into some of the major matches and, and angles that came out of this. It was like a typical house show in a way, but it was like building and building slowly with just some solid matches to like get the show going. And then it started getting really interesting late into the card. Right. It was no really skippable things like like Tanahashi versus Billy Gunn last year. <laughs> at the end. Uh, one of the major uh, cool things was we had the Gorillas of Destiny face off against Marty Scroll and Cody. Oh, that was good. Yeah, so Cody comes out there to cut a pre-match promo. He says everything is fine in the Bullet Club, but he says what's not fine is the booking of this match. He says there will be no match. He says, hey, we're all friends. And they and then he praises Tamatanga as, you know, the Bullet Club OG. Cody says the Gorillas are three-time tag team champions, and they made the Bullet Club cool. And he says superstars like Cody made it popular. So that gets a fuck you, Cody chant, of course, from the crowd in Long Beach. Cody says that they are all team Cody. Then Tonga Loa grabs the mic and says, Cody will not deny the fans the match. And then he says, they are not on team Cody. <laughs> the plot thickens. Yes. Uh, Cody uh, ends up hitting the crossroads on Tonga Loa and Marty Scroll and Tonga Loa get the win in this particular match. But uh, just another little, you know, plot device and just kind of showing you, you know, the Bullet Club as we know it may not exist too much longer. Everything comes to an end at some point. Right. Right. Um, Cool match that was supposed to be a dream match of a different sort. We had Will Ospreay versus Jushin Thunder Liger. But before the match, Rey Mysterio Jr. comes out. Uh, He was the one who was supposed to originally face Jushin Thunder Liger, but he has a torso partially torn biceps and he cannot participate. So Ray grabs the mic and he says that he apologizes for not being able to wrestle due to his injury. He says that the match with Juice and Thunder Liger may still happen and he has nothing but respect for the legend. He promises that he will come back and when he's ready to wrestle, he will do it for New Japan, which is you know, really not the case, but it sounded good at the time. So Ray says... So so Ray sits down at ringside um, eventually, um, Osprey gets the win. He is the Oz cutter on Juice and Thunder Liger. Osprey then cuts a, ma- a promo after the match. He says that he hopes that he can work like Juice and Thunder Liger at age 53. He praises Liger for everything that he's done in his career. And he says that he's out to make his own legacy. He says he needs to beat legends to do that. Osprey says that he wants to take the title to a new level and he wants the match with Rey Mysterio. Osprey says that when Ray's better, they need to get the match done. Marty Skrull then attacks from behind and lays out Will Ospreay with the umbrella. Ray tries to make the save, but Marty rips his mask off, and Juice and Thunder Liger has to come to the rescue. I like how they set up all those matches in just like a little bit of time. Like mm-hmm. they're giving you so many different potential matches going forward, and hopefully that match between Will and Ray happens sometime during the summer. Hopefully, mm-hmm. hoping because that Cow Palace, those tickets going to sell. Very soon, and they need some big drawing matches for, to fill that seat that 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 place up. Right, right, and that will be on July seventh, as the US G One Special Fighting Spirit Unleash will take place, like Amar said, at the Cow Palace in San Francisco. So Jay White wrestled Hangman Page for his IWGP United States Heavyweight Championship. Jay White, the champion, um, 
Jay White gets the win. He counters the right of passage and hits the Blade Runner gets the win. After the match, David Finley attacks Jay White post-match and lays him out. Finley says they aren't done yet, and he challenges him for a match later on in April. So that actually took place a little, a couple of days ago. We're actually be talking about that really soon. Um, it happened recently, yeah. Yeah, so Jay White defending. Uh, Heyman Page, though, man, uh, on the on the sneak tip has really been up in his game. Uh, at Supercard of Honor, he and Kota Ibushi put on a hell of a match. Yeah, I saw that match too, and I was like, okay, like it's been fun to watch that guy grow from just being I forgot the dude's name that was he was tagged with when he first was coming up in ROH, when he was just like the young boy to him. Mm-hmm. And he's grown so much in a little bit of time. It's funny. It's going to be fun to see where he is, not like by the end of this year, but like years going forward because he has a lot of talent. Definitely so. Definitely so. And then the main event of this particular night, the Golden Lovers, Kenny Omega and Kota Ibushi versus the Young Bucks. Mm-mm-mm. Kenny Omega hesitates on the one-winged angel, but hits it when Matt screams for him to do it. Nick makes the save. Nick checks on Matt, but Matt is out. Nick asks Omega, what has this come to, and starts to fight back by himself. Kenny hits a V-trigger, and then a Snapdragon German follows. Omega drops the knee pad, and the Golden Lovers hit the Golden Trigger, and the Golden Lovers pick up the win over the Young Bucks. Let's talk about the match first. Go ahead. It's not an understatement to say that as we, that was one of the best tag team matches I've seen in my life. <laughs> right. Even with the botches that were off camera, it still was great. Right. Matt Jackson has taken this uh, selling as his calling card to a whole new level in this match right here. Yeah, he, yeah he's definitely done that. He's been selling that back injury for since January. Since since January, he's been selling that back injury. Mm-hmm. I, that's like the best selling of an injury I've seen since, well, even though it's kind of predates my time, but the last time I saw an injury sold that well was All Lives Orton's father with the <laughs> I, knew, I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> we're cast for like three straight years. <laughs> that's good stuff, though. So post- I, think I, saw, I, I think I saw him at SummerSlam 05 come down with the cast and bust like Taker in the head. Or maybe that was WrestleMania, but whatever. It's funny. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So after the match, Cody arrives and he yells at Matt and then he shoves down Nick. Kenny Omega and Ibushi return and run Cody off. Omega checks on his elite friends and offers him a, he- a handshake. Nick accepts and they hug, but Matt bails and refuses to shake hands and Nick is forced to leave with his brother. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Cody, again, in the middle of it all, man. Stay causing trouble. Yeah. Trying to keep people in the sunken place. <laughs> Not the sunken place, Matt. Um, Kenny then cuts a promo. He says that uh, it's sad when friends have to fight. He said, but in war, there are casualties, and he wishes that he could be happy. He says the Golden Lovers are back, and they're here to stay. He said, rest assured, they will both be in featured matches when New Japan comes back to the U.S. Cody wishes the issues with the Bullet Club could end. But all Cody does is talk. Omega says he's going to beat the shit out of Cody. And then he hypes the July 7th event. <laughs> and then he says, good night, goodbye, and good night. And then he kind of drops like, I may have a broken orbital socket. But I don't think anything came of that. <laughs> so Bushi, I think Bushi had like a um, concussion. At least that's what I heard. Right. Now, so he explains when a botch is in the match. 
Um, going back to the New Japan Cup, did you watch the Ishi Mike Elgin match? Oh my god, that match was intense and impressive, and he almost killed Ishi a couple of times in that match. I was scared for Ishi. I was like, "Oh no, is he gonna get up or not?" It's like Mike Elgin, you already people already don't like you, bro. You about to make people. You about to get banned from like Japan. <laughs> you can't. You can't hit the one of the personifications of um, Japanese wrestling. Come on, up. nah, don't do that. If Ishii was a normal man with a normal neck, yeah, he probably <laughs> would have killed him. But because he has no neck, it probably saved him a couple of times. Very much so. Boy, yeah, definitely super scary a couple of times. Very scary. Some of these moves, man. I love that New Japan gives them license to be creative, but some of this stuff, these guys got to be throw out of their arsenal. And Young Will, he's the worst, <laughs> man. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna talk about what Young Will did here oh, as, as a car genesis. I mean, oh, when you're wrestling your arch nemesis, sometimes you got to go for the gust. Yeah, but you don't want to <laughs> end up like the guy from your country that personify like junior heavyweight wrestling. Right. You don't want to end up like Dynamite Kid. Right. You don't want to be that next dude in the line saying he didn't learn it, learn from somebody else, so he had to suffer the same way. Right. Right. Yeah, I think here maybe over the summertime, I think that he may hopefully, I hope for his sake, may try to kind of tone it down some and maybe just, you know, give us those bigger moves for the bigger shows. Basically, the Muda and Bret Hart plan. Right. Play good, do good shows at the house shows, and they kill it in main events. Right. You know, just you know, play the hits, and then don't really get too far into the deep cuts until you need them. Yeah. Don't. Don't. Yeah. Don't do that to yourself. <laughs> so we had Sakara Genesis take place. We had the Young Bucks battle Chase Owens and Yujiro. Uh, Rowe was getting his Tokyo pimp on because our favorite, or at least my favorite, was there. Muffin, thank yeah, you. He's really easy on Yes. So, uh, Yujiro cuts off the Meltzer driver, allowing Chase Owens to hit the jewel heist for a two count. Yujiro gets back in the ring. Yujiro hits the Fisherman's Buster on Matt. Owens hits the running knee strike and gets another two count. Nick saves Matt from the package power driver, and then the Bucks hit super kicks, and Matt locks on the sharpshooter. Nick wipes out Yujiro, and Chase Owens has to tap. And the Young Bucks are victorious in the opener. It was a good match and win for the Young Bucks because by going to the like the heavyweight division, they have to get some wins to be credible as a force in that division. Right. We had Yano and Ishii versus Taichi and Azuka. Azuka gets the Iron Fingers. Yano fights him off, but Taichi breaks it up and tosses the ref down. Low blow by Yano, followed by the Lariat from Ishii, and Yano rose up Azuka for the win. <laughs> I died laughing at that. Yeah. <laughs> I still haven't put the proper respect on Taichi's name. I, I see y'all's I, tweets in the cast of Strong Style hashtag. I never put respect on his name. Never. Stand up and give him the respect he deserves. We need a, a, a Taichi and Elias duet. Oh, God, no. <laughs> I will walk with Elias, but I will not walk with <laughs> Taichi. I'll be on the train and be like, nah, bro, I ain't walk with you. The Never openweight six-man titles were on the line as we had Tama Tonga, Bad Luck Fale, and Tonga Loa defending their titles versus Michael Elgin, Makabe, and Taguchi. Taguchi makes a comeback with his hip attacks, then it breaks down and Taguchi hits an ass attack and a 619 on Tonga, on Tama Tonga. 
Tamatanga hits the gun stun to counter Taguchi's springboard attack, and that's how they get the win. It's a good little match. It's a nice way to keep the OGs in their own pocket universe, but still hot. Mm-hmm. I, I, I really enjoy um, Taguchi in the coach role, even though it's the silliness. I, I, I enjoy the comic relief. It's very silly, but I want him to drop the silliness temporarily to go after go after young Will and put a challenge on him so you can stretch him a little bit. <laughs> um, we had Sonata, Evil, and Naito versus Minoru Suzuki, Lance Archer, and Davy Boy Smith Jr. Sonata and, Sonata and Evil double-team Archer as Suzuki, Nibars Naito on the floor. Davy Boy Smith saves Archer and the two tag teams brawl. The Killer Bomb connects on Sonata. Evil fights them off, but they eventually hit the Killer Bomb on Evil, and the team of Minoru Suzuki, Lance Archer, and Davey Boy Smith get the win. After the match, Naito cuts a promo, calling out Suzuki for an icy title match. Naito tells Suzuki if he wants to, if he wants a fight, to get into the ring. Suzuki calls Naito a piece of shit and proclaims himself the king of pro wrestling. Suzuki then kills a young lion as Naito tells him to tranquilo. <laughs> I think that was Evil's return match, right? Right. It was great to see Evil after a while because he was just on ice recovering from injuries. Right. It was cool to see Sonata. I'm a fan of people who come out with more than one belt, so it was cool to see Sonata have like both the belts draped across them, like uh, like machine gun uh, bullets, like Rambo. I, I like that a lot. That's a good look, yeah. <laughs> uh, what do you think about this Minoru Suzuki Naito mind games that Nazaro, that uh, Naito is trying to play with Minoru Suzuki that's just leading to him getting his ankles and knees and arms and legs bent in all kinds of directions that body parts aren't supposed to go. I personally love it because I like psychological warfare sometimes with people. So I I respect what like Naito is doing with him. He's really getting under his skin like internet troll gets under most people's skin. It's just invasive. He wants... He messes with him so much, and then by doing that, he ultimately weakens Suzuki and takes him out of his game, which puts him in an advantage, even though he really don't care about that title belt. He would just take it just to take it from him if he could, and then probably just forfeit it. I would laugh at that if he did it. Hopefully, he's gained some reverence and respect for the belt since the last time he, he was a title holder, and he won't be trying to you know break the damn thing in half like he almost did last year with the world title. So we'll see how that goes. I love him playing Frisbee with them title belts. I miss him. That's why I see him. I want to see him with another belt so he can still do Frisbee with it again. <laughs> that belt kept him out of the main event of Wrestle Kingdom. Of course he hates that belt. <laughs> we had a triple threat match for the IWGP junior tag team titles as we had Desperado and Kanemaru versus Rapungi 3K versus Bushi and Takahashi. Bushi hits a suicide dive and Takahashi grabs show and hits the time bomb and they get a two count. The Blu-ray from uh, Hiromu follows and then Takahashi hits the time bomb again. Kanemaru pulls off the ref. Desperado comes in with the belt shot. The Pinche Loco follows and Desperado and Kanemaru defend the IWGP Junior Tag Team titles. You know, that match, I I, I, I kind of hate, like, three ways or four ways, usually, in, in New Japan. But that match was really good. <laughs> it was really good. It ain't really shocked because I had low expectations coming into that match. But they, they really did a hell of a job. So, props yeah, to them. Yeah, they had a really good pace in this match. I think that's what kind of makes it where 
I think it works better with a tag team because you got six people and you can always have, you know, two people paired off, two people paired off, two people paired off to keep the action going all the way around. Whereas yeah. in tradi- traditional three ways, somebody has to kind of take the, you know, knockout shot. <laughs> that formula WWE use. <laughs> right. <laughs> somebody got to take that hard L so other people can fight each other. Right, right. So we had the IWGP Junior Heavyweight title match between Will Ospreay and Marty Skrull. Marty attacks the fingers and hits a super kick and stomps Ospreay's head and neck. Marty applies a chicken wing and Ospreay barely makes the ropes. Marty hits a neckbreaker driver, but Ospreay counters out of the tombstone into a stunner. The Os cutter connects and Ospreay manages to retain the title. Now... Well, everybody will remember about this is the on the apron Spanish fly that Will Ospreay did not rotate properly around and basically landed on his neck and busted his face all up on the mat. Like, what in the heck was he thinking? (laughs) That's the point he wasn't thinking. Man, that could have been really bad. Very, very, very bad. So luckily, I think he had like a concussion like they feared he had a concussion, but I don't think he had a concussion and he had to get some stitches. But other than that, everything else was okay. Easy for me I to heard, say. I heard management really tore him a new one when he went backstage after that match. That's what I heard. It's a hell of a match, though. <laughs> they couldn't have been too pissed. Thank you for a long term investment. Like, we need you not to do stupid stuff like that when Will. Right, right. So a close to death Osprey cuts a post match promo. He calls out Kushida. Osprey wants to prove to everyone that he's no fluke, and he wants them to he wants him to face off one more time. Kushida nods in acceptance and gives Osprey a thumbs up, and he claps in approval for Will Osprey. Man, they had they've had such entertaining matches since he's come to New Japan, and their match last year they had a couple matches that were great last year if I remember correctly. They mm-hmm. had like one yeah they had a couple they were excellent matches so mm-hmm. it's like. Kushida and Will, you know what you're going to get from that. And also, you know what you're going to get from Hiromu versus Will. Like, those are like, that's like the Holy Trinity, that junior division to me. Yeah, those those boys really, those three guys really lay it down. They really put it down. Kushida especially, man, I really, I'm glad that he's kind of back in the mix. He kind of hadn't been, really been in the mix, you know, that much, you know, lately because, you know, they've been getting over different guys. But I'm glad he's about to get the summertime push. Hopefully he gets in the G1. That's what I'm hoping for this year. Don't put those juniors in G1. I can't remember the last time a junior was in it. You could probably say Coda was a junior once or twice in there, but Coda's weird. He can go from heavier junior. Yeah. He's all about weight with him. Right. All right. Speaking of Coda Abushi, the Golden Lovers, they faced off versus Cody and Hangman Page. Cody hits a disaster kick and Page kicks Omega off the apron and through a table. Page misses the buckshot lariat and a Kota Ibushi hits Cody with the last ride for a two count. Cody avoids a knee strike. Kota Ibushi hits a German and looks for the knee strike again. But Heyman Page distracts Cody and Kota, excuse me, and Kota rolls up Kota Ibushi with the tights for the win. Hangman Page and Cody beat down Kota Ibushi after the match and Kenny Omega makes the save. A lot of building to Supercard of Honor. It's very weird to see that on a New Japan show, but that just shows the power of their partnership. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, let's go ahead and talk about that particular match since we're right here 
in this in this little realm before we get to the championship match that happened at Sakara Genesis. Supercard of Honor took place WrestleMania weekend, and the the main you know the highlight wasn't the main event, but the highlight match was Kenny Omega versus Cody Rhodes. It had everything: Brandy Rhodes taking a table bump, run-ins, blood. It was a hell of a match. Your assessment, Anwar. Sadly, I have not seen that match, so I have really no opinion. I only saw the ending where oh. they. I just, I just realized that they took from like a Ric Flair Shawn Michaels thing. Mm-hmm. I just kind of realized that like recently, like okay, just just like my own memory. But yeah, I I liked it. Like, they did really good storytelling, and this just totally. Uh, I guess this really means that Kenny's kicked out. I I don't even know. I'm assuming he is kicked out now. So it's very weird that storyline. Yeah, yeah, because they're playing it on two different shows. So it's almost like you have to watch both shows to get like the full story. Like if you're only following in New Japan, you're only getting half the story. Exactly. Yeah. You got to watch. You got to watch. Well, being elite is on hiatus. So Mm -hmm. you really keep up with just like social like the the shows. Yeah. On the storylines. Yeah. And I think that's a very smart play by Ring of Honor if they I'm pretty sure somebody in their department came up with it. Very much so. Like mm-hmm. play it out on both and then that way, you know, if you're into this through New Japan, you're only getting half of what's really going on. Yep. yep it's so. like you gotta invest in I like always they gotta do some things though. Yeah, yeah. Because like, you know, with MLW coming on board and they got some guys that's been in WWE before, so they understand what the production value is supposed to be from mm-hmm. from off the jump. The writing and the booking will take care of itself because as long as it looks good, that'll buy you more time than anything. Exactly. And so that's what ROH is going to have to be facing now. And TNA to an extent, too, is, you know, with those guys experience, understanding that what the production needs to be. You know, if that thing, they got some really good wrestlers and if they can get all they need is one match, one match or something like the, you know, uh, Sammy Edwards and uh, or, uh, Eddie Edwards, Sammy Callahan thing. Just one thing to happen to, to get a whole bunch of people to be talking about them on the Internet. And, mm-hmm. you know, they could be the next big thing. So it's a There's very talent to other companies. You keep your talent. Right. So it's a very it's a very weird dynamic right now for ROH because they got some some more competition in the space that they're trying to exist in. So the main event for Sakara Genesis was Zack Sabre Jr. Getting his title shot that he earned by winning the new Japan cup versus the Rainmaker Okada. Okada hits a tombstone and he poses and then Zack Sabre Jr. Counters into a double arm lock. Okada rolls out and the Rainmaker is countered into the European clutch for a two count. Zack Sabre Jr. counters a tombstone into the Gato Clutch in a bridge and gets another two count. The two men trade kicks from the mat. Sabre drops Okada and slaps him. Okada powers up and hits the million dollar drop kick. The Rainmaker gets countered again into the armbar and kind of the way that Nakamura submitted Okada, if you remember that from a few years back. It was like four years in a day, I believe. <laughs> Okada fights. But Zack Sabre Jr. has that triangle cinched in now. Okada manages to powerbomb his way out and hits a desperation rainmaker. Okada hits the rainmaker again. Zack Sabre Jr. counters the third rainmaker into the octopus hole and now he locks up both arms. Okada counters out and he hits the tombstone. Okada then hits the rainmaker and finally gets the pin on Zack Sabre Jr. They built him up. 
But at the end of the day, they got that streak to get. So Little Kazu retains again. It was an awesome match. It was one of the better matches this year. It was a different type of match, and I appreciated it because by giving Okada different people to wrestle, he can have different type of matches because he's adaptable to it. Zach is just Zach is having a great great year thus far. He's definitely one of the guys I think is in the running for wrestler of the year. So yeah, for sure. Uh, really highly of that match. Yeah, this was great. This was fun. I was really thinking that maybe, just maybe, Ghetto would go for the heat and give it to Zach right before the the you know the 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 penultimate title defense. But they stuck with Okada and, you know, gave Zach Sabre Jr., you know, everything in the world as far as, you know, offense in the match. And like you said, it was a much different match for Okada. He couldn't do the things that he's normally known for. And like we said, every time he would, like, throw his arm out there, throw his leg out there, Zach was managing to get it and put it in some sort of hold. So every time he'd build up some offense, he'd just cut him right off. It's, it's, it's just going to be interesting. It's like they have such a strong main event. They they can cycle people in and out, but Okada's cleaned out his division pretty much. Like the only person he's not fought was his own stablemates, and one of the stablemates beat him at G one twenty six and never got a title shot. I'm not bitter about that or anything. <laughs> yeah, I'm not bitter about that. But I, we got to keep an eye on that chaos thing because if you look at multi mind tags and stuff. I'm starting to see some of the chaos guys be really more heelish in the matches. <laughs> so I don't know what's going to happen long term, but it would be crazy if if somehow, some way, that snake in the grass, Jay White, could take chaos from, from Okada. That would be wild. Oh, that would be – nobody saw that coming. Nobody sees it coming. But all you got to do is just look how Jay interacts with him, how he behaves in pictures, he, and how he like tries to get interfaction matches with each other. It's he's a little shit, he's a shit stir, but I like that about him. You gotta have somebody, you gotta have different type of characters to get, engage different type of people. Right. So after the match, Gato cuts the promo. He puts over Okada and asks, "Who's left to challenge him?" The crowd chants for Tanahashi. The ace mm-hmm. arrives. Tanahashi says that it's taken a long time for them to get back here and cra- and congratulates Okada on tying his record. He says he's the only challenger left and he will be the one to stop Okada's run and also stop him from breaking the record. I would I would lose my mind if, if Tanahashi pulled it off. But I feel like that would be so great if he took that title off of Okada and stopped him from getting that record. <laughs> but I just don't see that happening. Plus, he still has unfinished business for Suzuki. Right. So I feel, I feel that's a, that's something he has to address. He has unfinished business with Suzuki to handle because Suzuki beat the hell out of him. Could okay. Here's here's where the I'm asking two questions. My first question is: Are you having? Have you reached a level of Okada fatigue? It's not. No, I love Okada as a wrestler. And I get what they're pulling off. And I know they have. See, this is the difference between New Japan and other companies. I'm going to give New Japan the benefit of the doubt. Because I know they do long-term storybooking unlike any other company out there right now. So I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. Yes, I was mad at Naito not winning at Wrestle Kingdom. Like a lot of people were. <laughs> but I'm still here. And I'm still watching. And I'm still waiting. And I feel, I feel kind of going to, he's going to like... It's going to be some payoff with that that Naito Okada thing at some point, and I could totally see 
Okada like breaking this record, maybe getting another defense, and then Naito challenging him, beating him, forcing Okada to win the G1, and then they have another rematch at Wrestle Kingdom. But that's just fantasy booking. <laughs> My fantasy booking was was going to take it into the, this is how we get back to the Kenny Omega championship run. Oh, go ahead and tell me this, because I'll be fine with that too. Well, kind of the same scenario that you said with Naito, but instead of Okada wins this and he just keeps the title, because once we start going into best of super juniors, that's May. He's not going to do a title defense then. Um, you know, June is he may defend the title there. July will be the G1 where he may have that one title defense at, at the Cow Palace. So he may get two more title uh-huh. defenses in. Right. So you give him those two. Give Kenny the you know the the long story through the um, G one maybe put Cody in there too and they kind of you know have their blow off at the G one. Co- uh, Kenny Omega wins it and then we get back to Wrestle Kingdom and then this time Cody o- Cody I mean excuse me Kenny Omega gets the championship. Do we do you think? See, I like your booking too. I will be happy with either scenario, but I'm also I'm kind of thinking about hmm. Do we get Naito versus Kenny Omega in the finals for a third straight year? That's why I would say put Cody in it and have if if it can work out the dates, have Cody and Kenny have their blow off blow off be in that G one match, the final G one match. Would you really put Ken put Cody in that position though? Because right now Kenny Omega is being cheered by the crowd, and he's with he's with um, Koda, and that'll run through the whole summer. Nobody's right. more hated right now in New Japan than Cody. It works out perfect because Naito's changing. They're they're changing Lij into baby faces with this uh, Suzuki Gun program. They're they're you know slowly becoming faces. True, true, true. So it's really thinking- no excuse me. It's really no single heel for Kenny to kind of go against that could you know. Just, just, you know, establish the two divides that they need. I was also thinking another possibility could be that you could, like, we could do your style too, but instead of Kenny versus Cody in the finals, they meet up in the semifinals and Coda's waiting for him in the finals. Oh, Coda and Kenny. Oh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Hey, you know. That's what that's what it's about. You you take an idea and then you lay it out and then I take something from yours, you take something from mine, and then we sweeten the pot and then bam, we got like we booked the territory. The beauty of the beauty of New Japan is that we really don't know what the hell's gonna happen. <laughs> right. And, that, and, that, and that's part of the fun because I don't really want to know everything going how what's gonna happen because that takes some of the fun out of it. Right. I like I like your scenario better. Yeah. Have them have to go through the guy who's been his arch nemesis all summer and then have him have to go through his new best friend to get back to a chance to beat his, you know, arch nemesis. Yeah. That's a good story right there. Yeah. A lot of possibilities. And this is just hopefully injuries stay away from this and doesn't ruin things. Cause right. that's the thing that can mess things up. Exactly. And we all know when strong style is your claim to fame, your one will Osprey bad decision away from, <laughs> From everything being changed. Yeah. So, Anwar, at this time, man, I'm opening up to you for your thank yous and shout outs and just any other, you know, match or, uh, you know, somebody we didn't talk about that you want to give some props to that you've been, you know, watching and taking note of. Outside of, like, like I love Hanari. I was kind of looking at his character and I was like, I don't know about this this, this guy. 
because he was gone away so long injuries. Mm-hmm. But it's been fun watching Hanari just get better and better and more confident in his character. And I just love his little feud with Ishii. It's kind of like the chicken and Peter Griffin where they anytime they see each other in the street, it's on. <laughs> so, yeah, I love that. And as far as shout outs, I was just like shout out to everybody who's listening and shout out to my guy Wolf Rattle who kinda like just schooled me on stuff and New Japan wrestling and Japanese wrestling culture. And thanks to WrestleCast crew for coming through. I mean showing love. I mean oh, I love man. y'all guys. Oh man, we appreciate it. Thank you for being able to fill in. Um I really love this crop of young boys. They got so much talent and like Kawato is hurt right now, so they got like a couple of guys filling in for him. So it's like, man, you just see more and more talent just cropping up okay. all over the place. Kamamura, what's his name? Mm-hmm. Yeah, something like that. King of Beef, King of Beef. Uh, oh, Kitamura? Kitamura, yeah. I don't. I miss him. I, I know he's hurt. No, I don't know he's, what's a, he's on now. Excursion. Oh, he's on Excursion? Yeah. He's hurt. No, so you'll be seeing him. He may be hurt in New Japan Storyline, but he's on Excursion. Okay, that's great. That's good. I was worried. Yeah, yeah, he's on Excursion, man, so... He'll be popping up in out of the blue in like 2020 at some point. They got to strike strike with the eyes hot with him because he's like in that Batista vein. He started late. Right, right. I think the guy that they're really going to groom, though, for that position to go against him is Oka. Oka be losing his position in the other young lines, though, if you notice it. I think it's because he's gotten so small. He doesn't have that imposing figure like he did when he first started. Yeah, you're right about that one. You were right about that because he... Like, it was like, because I didn't watch the tag league, and then I saw him again before, like, like the um new, like, World Wrestle Kingdom. I was like, what happened? <laughs> and, oh, so much weight. And not to mention that Kawato and Aminu, they have that fire, man. And, and they get in there, and they, they just bing, 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 bing. And you know, oh, yeah, I love it. Yeah, and I think that I think that people just kind of gravitate that towards that a little bit more than Oka, who's kind of in between. He's not quite Kitamura with just the brute strength, and but he can also wrestle his ass off and do some you know flying around type stuff too. But he just hasn't kind of found his groove yet in between the two. I heard one. Of, I think I've heard one of my my folks refer to like on on their shows. They refer to um, Oka as maybe potentially a future. Ishii is like a late boomer guy or whatever, and he mm-hmm. just holds that Ishii role or something. I don't know. Yeah, I, that was something. I, I could possibly see that. It's definitely, I mean, he's definitely talented. You know, I mean, he's definitely got a future, and he's gonna be in the main event once he, you know, does his excursion, comes back, and and gets his you know more experience. So, but there's a lot of guys like you said that are you know as a few years ago it was just Jay White and David Finley, and then they kind of had Juice Robinson in there mixed in as a young boy. And then that was kind of about it. It was kind of dry for a couple of years, but this new crop has got some real gems in it. Yagi's talented too. Yeah, I like Yagi. Yeah, I like him. So, um, when it comes to my shout outs and thank yous, of course, I'd like to thank my special guest, Anwar, for uh, sitting in again. I also like to thank our, my regular co host, Miss Moto. A big shout out to her and all that she's doing out there in the world, you know, organizing and getting these events, you know together and people happy and putting smiles on faces even though she is probably going to give some v triggers to some people that she works with backstage before it's all said and done i'll encourage this just so she feels better 
So big shout out to Moto. Big shout out to everybody who listens and uses the hashtag cast a strong style whenever they watch uh, New Japan Wrestling, whether it's uh, in the middle of the night at 3 and 4 a.m. or whether it's 12 hours later at 3 or 4 in the afternoon. Uh, I thank you for your support. It means a lot. Please go to CSPN.us. Visit our sponsors. Do some shopping with Amazon through CSPN.us. Um, Mother's Day is coming up. Father's Day is coming up. Go ahead and get those gifts out of the way. Don't go to the malls. Go to Amazon through CSPN.us. Help keep the podcast free each and every week. And uh, Anwar, is there anything else that you'd like to say to wrap up? Suzuki gun number one. (laughs) All right. And on that note, this has been Cast a Strong Style. I've been your host, Don DeLorente, and I've been joined by my special guest, Anwar Starman. Strong style. Strong style.